Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to week six of the Globro Saints show. Saints just defeated the Jags 13 to six to go to five and one and bring the Jags to two and four. Saints again standing atop the division with Carolina right behind them after winning this morning out in London to go to four and two. What a game, uh, and, and not the best way. I will take a victory wherever we could get it, but that game was like watching paint dry, or as George Carlin put it, I won't uh, finish the, the phrase, but it was like watching flies uh, procreate. It was bad. It was bad, with the only exception being a just tremendous effort from the defense. Um, we can talk about that all all day because not a whole lot to talk about the offense. What do you think, Troy? I'm right there with you. Uh, you know, but Thursday in the week, we get this alert that Alvin Kamara is questionable for the game. Now, we all know Peyton is extremely tight-lipped with everything, but, uh, you know, that was, I think, certainly news to everybody in the Houdat Nation following that story closely, even looking this morning and seeing that he's active. So then you kind of breathe a sigh of relief. But uh, Kamara was not himself today. Kamara was not even the leading rusher on our team, uh, even though he had three additional carries over Latavius Murray. Uh, and they both had 35 yards receiving, Murray with only three catches, Kamara with seven. So 18 touches, and he gets 66 yards. Uh, you know, that, that's not the Kamara we're used to. And at times, he looked very uncomfortable out there. Yeah, especially I think it was after, like, his second or third carry. He kind of limped off the field. And at that point, it was like, you know what? Murray was fresh. Uh, unfortunately, he had that uh, screen run for a touchdown called back. But I thought he, he played well in, in, in Kamara, not his absence, but in him not being 100%. I thought Murray really stepped up. Absolutely. And look, let's go right into the defense. I know normally we start offense, but let's, let's give the credit where the credit's due here. Uh, we held Minshew to 163 passing yards. It was his first game under 200 yards there. Uh, it kind of certainly subdued Minshew mania for the time being. Uh, we held D.D. Westbrook, three catches, 53 yards. And D.J. Chark, who's had some huge games recently, held him for even less than that. Uh, at times, I can remember one in particular, there was a crossing route. Chark just ran a deep in. For, for whatever reason, the defense we were in, A.J. Klein was supposed to be covering, fell down, and he ended up wide open in the middle of the field. But those were few and far between. I thought the defense had consistent pressure up the gut, uh, both with a pass rush and even uh, and even in some running lanes trying to get those down. But uh, on the edges especially, they didn't have an answer there. And we forced Minshew to make some throws a little bit earlier than he wanted to and just got him rattled. And so I thought that, you know, not only do you see the benefits of that in the run game, in the backfield of the offense, but you also see it in the defensive backfield where narrow DBs can play with a little more confidence, knowing that he doesn't have all the time in the world to sit back there and, uh, and pick us apart. Yeah, it was it was a, a great game plan. Uh, it was kind of interesting to see how the pass rushers handled the blockers. I don't know if they were being taught or told to kind of keep your lanes, don't let Minshew scramble. There was a lot of kind of extended arms, not a whole lot of spins or rip moves. Uh, Jordan obviously just had an, a couple of awesome bull rushes for his two sacks to – tie Pat Swilling in third place uh, all time with, I think, 74 and a half sacks. So congrats to Jordan. Um, but the others weren't getting a whole lot of pass rush. But I think Peyton quoted after the game saying if they had another four quarters, he didn't think they were going to score on our defense the way they were playing today. So hats off Lattimore, another shutdown day. Uh, he was really phenomenal, did a great job. 
uh, we had some some close interceptions. I think if we keep getting those kinds of opportunities, I think we'll start converting more of them. Um, but but solid day, and that they carried us. I mean, let's just call it what it was. They carried us in this game. Um, we won't go over to the offense quite yet, but um, yeah, I mean, what an effort. I mean, between this game and the Cowboys game, I mean, what tremendous effort by the defense. Uh, we haven't seen some of this since the, the Dome Patrol days, quite frankly. Yeah, and I don't know some people, and look, this is with offense and defense with Sean Payton with Dennis Allen. There's always going to be a play or two here where you're scratching your head. And you're, what is this guy thinking? Uh, there's reason. There are reasons that these two coaches are in those positions. Dennis Allen knows what he's doing. But now I think he's got the personnel to to match the fit, to match the uh, kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm looking for like ferociousness, but I mean, just the, the, we're, we're starting to match that swagger with the players we've got. Cam Jordan, Marcus Davenport. I think Demario Davis has been one of the biggest pickups we've had here recently, setting the tone on that defense. You got Lattimore, you got Von Bell, you got some of these younger guys, Marcus Williams. Well, now we're, we're shifting to that younger nucleus on our D, but with the, uh, with the presence of that veteran leadership. And I think there's a perfect match there right now where you don't want to get too old on a defense. You don't want to be completely young because then you're reckless and careless. And I think we have the perfect uh, kind of marriage of seasoned veterans trying to instill in the youngsters, you know, the, the pathway to success and particularly the pathway to Saints success. And I, I think we're reaping the benefits of that right now. You talked about Cam's two sacks. Uh, Davis had five tackles all over the field. Um our defense, we only sacked him twice. Cam had both of those, but we hit Minshew seven other times. Uh, and, Jimmy, you know this better than anybody else, but you start taking more and more hits from that D-line, you start panicking, you start going through your progressions a little more quickly, maybe not reading the full field. Yeah, he, he definitely got rattled a little bit. Um, two, two things I wanted to mention. One, I didn't realize that pregame I was reading some uh, some information about some of our plays, and I didn't realize that Marcus Williams going into this week was the highest rated safety in the league right now. Uh, I think it was Pro Football Weekly. So I didn't realize, I mean, I knew he was playing solid, but I didn't realize he was grading out that high, which was, was great. And then I think uh, when, when DeMario Davis hit Swain uh, helmet to helmet, and you could tell he really wasn't going to try to do that, um, being the guy he is. And I know there's been a lot of buzz the last week or two with the, the amount of money he's raised with the man of God uh, headbands. But you could tell he was really shaken by that and immediately went to a knee, pulled his helmet off, and just shows you what kind of guy he is. He's not a dirty player at all. And I don't think anybody on the uh, Jaguars team even thought even that was a possibility. Nobody jumped in his face or got mad at him or yelled at him. I mean, it was just a bang-bang play. And I I just think his character is is second to none. That's what I was going to say. I mean, that's a testament to his character. Football is such a fast game. But to, to not have that immediate defense of that other player from the other team uh, tells you that people know. I mean, look, the NFL is a brotherhood. They, everybody's playing for each other. And, yeah, look, you've got teams, you've got divisions, you've got rivals and all that. But at the end of the day, they're all in the same boat. They're all playing for the same thing. They're all, you know, they're all in it for each other. So when you see something like that, nobody wants that. Nobody wants to purposely hurt anybody else, uh, especially on our, our Saints team. And so to see him do that, drop right back, like you said, kind of the reaction from the other team as well. And the other point I want to make with that, you know, you talked about the man of God headbands, and uh, it's easy to talk. You know, it's very, very easy to talk, especially in the positions of a lot of these players. 
they can go on and, and on the platforms that they've built for themselves and those that have been built by the league and, and promote whatever cause they want. But when, when it's time to back that up and just show who you are uh, in any given situation, you know, he, he's been very uh, public with that. He, he's been very prolific with, with the intent and what he's trying to accomplish. Um, but I guess my point is, you know, you see some of these other players, uh, Vontez Perfect and, and some of these other guys that, you know, maybe, uh, you know, they're, they're playing aggressive, but they're almost playing too aggressive and they don't really mind necessarily if somebody gets hurt and you just, you fall back on, well, that's football. Uh, you didn't see that today with Demario Davis. He's, he's making a tough play. If you look at the replay, he is leading with his shoulder, no question about it. But the way that uh, the tight end, Swain, the way that he kind of began to fall to the ground, twisted his body in a way where the helmet actually came into contact. But definitely leading with the shoulder. Uh, his, his intent is good. His causes are good. And, you know, I'm just I'm glad he's on our team. Yeah. And, and again, just to reiterate on the defensive side, to give up 226 total yards to a team that I believe – uh, was was in the top ten offensively recently. Um, they've really been putting up some some high high amount of points, high high yardage. Uh, like Troy alluded to earlier, Minshew mania. You got commercials going to commercial with girls in bikinis wearing mustaches. Uh, didn't necessarily need to see that, but that was kind of interesting. But, well, not only that, but but how long the camera stayed on him? I was a little uncomfortable. <laughs> I was yeah. a little uncomfortable. I'm going to be honest. It was a little strange, a little strange. But anytime you hold them to uh, four of 14 on third downs, you're, you're going to win some games. And I didn't realize either that Minshew was six of six touchdown conversions when making it to the red zone prior to this game. And we held them out both times. So the defense is really coming together. Um, and it, and it's just not uh, curb service. I mean, it, it, it a window dressing rather. It, it They're really playing well. I mean, I'm trying to find fault and I, I just can't. And when we get to beignets later on, we'll, we'll I'll exactly tell you what I'm thinking there. Ooh, nice, nice, uh, nice foreshadowing, James. I like it. I like it. Uh, one, one quick thing I wanted to mention though, with Cam Sachs, he had two today. The previous two contests we had against Jacksonville, uh, he didn't have any. So certainly getting more productive there again. I, I really feel that's more with the scheme and the players that we have now. He doesn't have to do it all by himself. And the offensive line has to account for some other players there, hopefully, you know, giving him some more one-on-one -on -one opportunities there. But something very enjoyable to uh, to watch because it, it had been so long where quarterbacks just stood back there. And, I mean, you just count. You count one, two, three, four. And it just seemed that we didn't have anybody on that D-line. So to now get that pressure without having to stunt, without having to blitz, now it just makes those opportunities even greater when we can do that. Uh, and just overtake a game on a play that we needed. So that was really, uh, really good to see. Um, yeah. All right, James, you know I do this every couple games, and uh, now it's time for Troy's Saints Trivia. All right, James, Teddy Bridgewater today was the first quarterback not named Drew Brees to beat the Jaguars since whom? Hmm. I'm going to have to go with uh... – Probably not right, but I'm going to go with Aaron Brooks. Mm, a little before Aaron Brooks. I'm going to give you the year, 1996. 96. So that was probably the Hazlitt years or right before. Give me uh, Jake DeLome. Oh, I'm sorry. Consolation prize coming up for you. All right, here's your, here's your final hint. 
I bet you won't call me Chris again. Jim Everett. Jim Graham. Everett. Week 6, 1996. All right, a couple other quick hits here just to talk about that. This one it, it really showcases, and it's not all Teddy, but it showcases how slow of a start we get off to. Jimmy, I did not realize this. I knew it had – it's been kind of a plague for us in that first quarter to really get going, but we have not scored an offensive touchdown in the first quarter of a game since week 16 of last year, the longest active streak in the NFL. I believe it. I believe it. Also today, uh, Michael Thomas had five, uh, well, he had eight receptions for 89 yards, but today was the 11th consecutive game. He had five or more receptions. It's the longest active streak in NFL. And for our fantasy players, uh, I'm assuming here with a standard scoring uh, league, he's also uh, the only receiver in the NFL to have 15-plus fantasy points in each of his six games this season. So hopefully you have him on your, on your team. All right, now, one of the most exciting segments, uh, James. I'm going to just start naming some names, okay? I'm going give, to give you some names. You need to find out what is the unique underlying theme that connects these players together. Are you ready? Ready. Go. Now. OJ Simpson. Killer. Okay, you jumped the jumped the gun a little bit on that one. Let's um I was okay. Anyway, maybe not the best start. Maybe not the best start. Marcus Allen. Uh running backs aware 32. Ooh. <laughs> All right, what if I throw a little mailman, Carl Malone? Old, bald people who can still play. Sandy Koufax. Streaks almost as impressive as the Saints uh, holding uh, an opponent without a leading rusher over 100 yards. Ooh. Ding, 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 ding. Very good, James. Those were all athletes who wore the number 32, and you are correct, sir. We're going streaking yet again. We're going Saints streaking. Saints extend their streak to 32 straight games without a 100-yard rusher. Fournette had 20 carries for 72 yards. Now, he did have six receptions for 46, so he did get 118 combined, but we held them under 100 for the 32nd straight game, uh, which is a very, very impressive feat, as it is one of my favorite segments each week. Hopefully, we can continue that next week. Speaking of streaks, there was uh, a quick stat that was flashed up on the screen during the game that I thought, sure – that would put the Grigri on us, but it mentioned, and I had no idea, that we have won 17 straight games when, if we have held the lead at any point within the fourth quarter. And I think that that's pretty impressive because it seems like, to me, we always kind of get bit or snake bit and, and, and lose uh, at the end or, you know, we have some of those tough games, but it's been at least 17 straight times or now 18. So, um, you know, good job. It's really a testament to your defense. Absolutely. Look, let's let's go to the offensive side of the ball here. Do we have to? Really? Oh. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it it wasn't it wasn't pretty. Uh, and and you know, listeners, you you guys know how amped up we are about Saints football. And there were multiple times where, you know, if you're a, if you're a defensive fan, you loved it. But uh, I would I would argue that the casual fan, just like in baseball, they don't want to see a bunch of strikeouts. They want to see home runs. They want to see deep bombs. And uh, if you were looking for that kind of excitement in the beginning of today's game, uh, nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. Bridgewater, 24-36, 240 yards, 
the one touchdown to Cook, the four-yard uh, pass to Cook. We'll get to that in a bit. We said Latavius Murray was actually the leading rusher, eight for 44, three receptions, 35. Kamara, 11 of 31, seven for 35. Michael Thomas, in a surprising move, leads the receivers with eight catches for 89 yards. Cook had three for 37 with the touchdown. Offensively, we did give up three sacks to Good, Smoot, and Allen on the Jacksonville defensive line. Uh, so, you know, definitely want to give uh, give a little bit of credit there. But, uh, you know, we, I felt for the most part, uh, there were a few scrambles here that are kind of coming to mind off the top of my head. But, you know, Bridgewater had – he had time. And this is – this is I'm trying not to get on my, uh, my, my soapbox here, but – you know, last week we were so quick to crown Teddy, and, and look, I can I can hear the haters already in my in my headphones. We're four zero with him. He has not lost a game. I am not losing sight of that. So look, I'm excited. He's our QB, and and we're going to support him. But people were so quick to crown him last week, and he had a phenomenal performance. But we, I mean, what separates? those flashes in the pans and i'm not saying it's a flash in the pan but from that to to establish stars in this league is you got to have some consistency the previous two weeks defense special teams pretty much carried us last week hey i'll, I'll argue teddy put it on his shoulders this week special teams and defense again took over yes it's a win i'll take it every time but who is the real teddy bridgewater i mean what what do we have uh looking up cbs sports after the game looking at their write-up and they said it they said Teddy was a game manager today. And uh, maybe that was in a complimentary tone. That's fine. You know, he, he put people in position, and I guess that's what you want to ask. But uh, I'm just, you know, I'm not convinced long-term, post-Breeze, that uh, that he's our guy. And maybe that's a fault of mine. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, gosh, there's so so many places to go with this. But, but when you just look at the stat line, 24-36, 240, and 1 TD, I would have taken that every game in college. Um, not a bad line, but it, it was the worst 24-36 with 240 and no interceptions I think I've ever seen in my life. I mean, it was really bad. Missed wide open folks. Uh, had an easy touchdown if he gets it to Thomas, that one drive. Um, in the words of, um, of Apollo Creed's trainer, Get rid of the damn ball. I mean, get rid of the ball. He held it and held it and held it and held it. It was just terrible. Get rid of the damn ball. And I don't know. This is one play that I remember. Uh, it was a slow tight end corner with Taysom. And and if you're watching it on the broadcast, you see it open up. I see it. Now, what I don't know is if there was a safety over top. The angle wasn't wide enough. Maybe that's what Bridgewater saw but uh, he did his famous pump, you know, <clears throat> let it rip, let it rip. Uh, it was just, you know, frustrating to see because now you, you're asking your O-lineman to, to hold on to those blocks a little bit longer. That's when you get your holding calls. That's when you get, uh, you know, some issues in the back and, and some roll up, people rolling up on each other's ankles, whatever. Um, but just, you know, frustrating to see that we, he had such a good game last week. And, uh, you know, Jacksonville's defense, probably a little better than Tampa's. Most people would agree with that. But, you, you know, you want your starter to get better and better with every week of practice and every week of game film that they uh, that they have. And, uh, you know, so it, it's just you, you, we want to see some kind of sustained development throughout the year. And I didn't see that today. I actually think we may have regressed a little bit. We got the win. Ladies and gentlemen, we got the win. And that's all that matters. But from a personnel player perspective, I wanted to see a little bit more development here. Yeah, it, it was so bad. Um, 
gosh. I don't even know where to go with it, honestly. Um, you know, I guess there was a, a few silver linings. One is I thought Jared Cook had some huge plays in this game. Uh, the touchdown, he went way up to get. Uh, the other really poor throw from Teddy was that third and one where he threw it like 50 feet high in the air. I have no idea why. Uh, he didn't have anybody in his face that I could have seen. If he gets it to him on a rope, he might score. But Cook made some big plays. I believe all three of his receptions were third down conversions. Um, so kudos to him. Um, Armstead got nicked up a little bit and, and came back in the game. So that I, I had a huge exhale on that because we can't afford to lose him. No. And look, real quick with Jared Cook, that's what you want from your huge tight end. That That's where you want to go. You want that to be your – you know, your security outlet, your safety on those third and shorts. Use his size, use his frame and his positioning to block out those defenders. Use that wide catch radius that he has. Firm hands, firm fingers, grip the ball, catch it, secure it, and go. Um, now, I don't I don't think his yak was all that impressive, but, uh, you know, that's something that uh, at the tight end position we've been missing for a while. But use that size to your advantage. And if you're Teddy, use that size to your advantage in completing some passes that you want to make sure get done. Exactly right. The other the other thing I wanted to mention was um, Warford. Uh, he might have had an okay game overall, but the one one of the sacks he just got bull rushed. He he got destroyed. Uh, so I was a little little concerned about that, but he he seemed to, to take care of business the rest of the game. So that was good. Um, other than that, on offense, I mean, it was just kind of about as vanilla and plain as as you can get. Um, I don't know what was up with Teddy. I mean, you and I were texting the whole game. We're like, just put Hill in, give us a spark. Hill came in, had that nice 19-yard run. But we got to mix it up a little bit with some pass for him. You can't just bring him in for, you know, a zone read or whatever. Um, he did have that throw last week, that that crossing route. But give him a, give him a series or give him more. And I know uh, you have to be more cautious when he's your backup and you, you can't afford for him to get hurt. But, um, gosh, if, if Teddy plays in the game manager role, I, I don't think we can beat Chicago in Chicago with that defense because they're about twice as good as Jacksonville's defense. Yeah. And, look, you know, just stagnant. Offense is stagnant. Taysom comes in, like you said, pops off that 19-yard run. I mean, just flying through the defense, lowers his shoulder, lays the boom, and then you take him out. Longest run of the day, most electrifying play up to that point until that touchdown to Cook. Uh, but then when you put him back in, you do the same RPO with Kamara. He cannot be successful doing the same thing over and over again. He can't. And so open up the playbook a little bit here. If anything, you're giving D coordinators more to process, more to work on, and more to, to make sure that they're prepared for. Uh, but you're giving him more of a fair shake because this is what the other the other camp can say is, well, that's exactly why he shouldn't be in the game when he had that uh, two- or three-yard loss on the RPO. Uh, but but you're giving the guy three plays and telling him to be successful at each play twice a game. It's just, you know, it's not – that's not accurate. That's not an accurate representation of what he can do. Yeah, and I, I know in the future, at least from some reports, it sounds like Breeze wants to come back for the Arizona game. I'm not sure I, I, I like that thought with the bye week coming after that, but, but we'll see what happens. So maybe we just got to get through one more week before getting Breeze back, but I guess uh, that'll play out and, and we'll find out where it takes us. Um, but with all that being said uh, of the game manager, to be 4-0 in Breeze's absence, I don't think anybody would have saw that coming. 
Uh, I know when it when he first went down, we all kind of talked about, man, if we could just go 500 while he's gone, we still may have a shot to pull off the playoffs. I mean, mostly because of the defense, but um, he has managed it. He hasn't thrown a ton of picks or had a bunch of fumbles, so he gets some credit for that. But today was, again, just plain old, just plain. I mean, just not a whole lot. Didn't kill us, didn't hurt us, but just didn't make anything happen. And that that's not going to get you too far down the road here. Well, and that's, you know, that's always kind of been my viewpoint on him. And, and look, I'm glad he's wearing the black and gold. Uh, you know, I, I, obviously I wish him the best, but, uh, I, you know, I hate putting labels on somebody, but uh, that is, I mean, that's, that's kind of where we're at. Uh, I do not believe if we're up, I don't believe he's going to lose a game because he is conservative in nature. He's not going to force throws into tight windows. So he's not going to get that game killing interception at the very end, trying to make something happen out of nothing. But that same quality, that same trade on the reverse end, if we're trying to go out and win it now, obviously look today, I know he, he, he went out and did it. So I'm, you know, kind of eating my words here a little bit, but consistently, if we're down one, two possessions, three possessions, I don't see the fire uh, in him yet that that transcends and radiates through our offense to get everybody up and going. And I didn't see it. I didn't see it today. It, throughout the whole game on defense, you saw it a little bit. You saw it with kind of the swagger I deep played with. But on offense, when we were just kind of barely getting through and uh, you know having short drives and putting again, there was no urgency. It was just kind of kind of complacent. And, and maybe that's part of the game plan they had going in. Look, we're not going to do anything too crazy. We're not going to go wild with anything. We're going to play close close to, to what we know. We're going to stick with this particular package or the particular run set, whatever the case may be, not deviate too much, and it'll come when it comes. Maybe that was the the mentality going in, but certainly didn't see uh, didn't see a whole lot of, you know, fire from our guys today. But, hey, look, we won. So, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean – before we get go too too much further, I guess let's hit on the other component of the game, uh, special teams. I think for the most part, um, again, Morstead was incredible. Five or six punts down inside the 15, um, consistent as could be. Lutz nailed all his field goals, extra points. I uh, didn't realize he tied Lindell, Ryan Lindell, for most consecutive field goals made on the road at 34. Um, so that was really good. But let's talk about Deontay Harris. Um, he's still a l- little lost back there. Um, you know, when he does catch it cleanly, he usually can, can make something happen. Um, but there was one today where the, I don't know why the Jaguar defensive guy or, or punt return guy uh, came and went straight horizontally across the field. And he had about 15 yards of room to catch the ball. First, he calls fair catch. And then second, he doesn't catch it, lets it bounce and go 15 more yards uh, against, uh, you know, giving us worse field position. Like, what is he doing? And are they coaching him? What is the deal? So frustrating. I'm with you there. And I'll, I'll elaborate more a little bit when we when we dish out our beignets. But I think it's time. I smell the oil. I smell the fryer. I smell the powdered sugar. It's time. All right, here we go. James, um, what you going to go with offense here? It's going to be tough. What you going to go with offense? Oh, gosh. Um, only because we won, I'm not going to go with one. I'm going to give them um, two beignets, and that's really probably giving way too much, but that's what I'll go with on this one. I'm right there. I went two. I went two. I, I was a little surprised 
we only had one three and out in the first half and one in the second. Sure seemed like more than that, but I did look and there was a couple five, you know, five and out, whatever the case may be. Uh, breaking down the numbers a little bit, like you said, if you just look at numbers, they're not terrible. 240 yards on 24 completions, 10 yards a throw, 104 rushing yards in total, 26 carries, four yards a carry. That's, I mean, that's what you want. Uh, so, you know, it wasn't flashy. It wasn't exciting by any means. And just some of my notes here, I put, it was just lifeless at times. No rhythm, no tempo, couldn't really get anything going. But, I mean, I, I know we sound like a broken record, but you won the game. You yeah. made the play when you needed to. So, we'll go two out of five beignets for the offense. Yeah, I think five out of 13 on third down hurt us. I think if you if you convert a few more third downs, uh, the game could have had a, a different outcome or, or at least a, a bigger spread of uh, victory. Yeah, I agree with that. What about the D? I think the defense, this will come as no shocker. I'm going five beignets. I'm hungry. I want to eat them all. Uh, give me the powdered sugar on top. Just pour it on. I'm probably taking a bite right out of the grease, burning my throat. Uh, probably the best overall complete defensive performance we've seen in, in quite some time. And that's that's a big deal. I mean, they, they played extremely well against Dallas. So if we're saying that, you know, today was an even better all-around performance in Dallas, we're not – you know, we're not saying this one great game of, uh, among five other just stinkers. Uh, we're comparing some great games here, and, and it's definitely a testament to our defense. Again, no shocker, I'm going five for five as well. Limiting Minshew uh, to his first sub-200-yard game, pretty significant there. And, and more so with that, it's not the yards for him, but it's D.D. Westbrook, D.J. Chark, uh, you know, some very electric playmakers on those outsides that we just kept in check, and that's that's to – Bell's credit, Apple, uh, Lattimore, and certainly Marcus Williams in that defensive backfield. You kept Fournette under 100 yards rushing, uh, and you just had consistent pressure in the backfield uh, for the offense, which disrupted timing, disrupted tempo, disrupted rhythm, and gave us the benefit on that backside. Um, like I said, there were a few exceptions earlier. We talked about that DJ Chalk across the middle, but look, that's going to happen. I mean, that's that, you know that's football. You're not going to you're not going to stop them every single time, but if you can certainly stop them the majority of the time and particularly when it counts, then then that's a win. That's a victory, and I love the fire and effort I saw from our D today. So five for five, no doubt. Bam. Now, moving on to special teams. Um, based on what we just talked about. Is that about, Emerald? Is that Emerald? Bam. Kick up a knife. <laughs> Can't you slap your mom anymore. But anyway, they used to be the uh, big, big um, sponsor of the Slap Your Mama Red Zone, but that has been taken off. Anyway. With that being said, special teams, I'm going to go four beignets uh, because of Harris and what we talked about. But Lutz, Morstead, the coverage units, the kickoff units, punt units, uh, I think we're all really, really solid. Um, just got to get Harris to, to to step it up. And, and I know he's a rookie, and we probably need to give him a little bit of a break. But, man, he's bobbling punts still. He's fumbled a few the last few weeks. I mean, come on, man. We, we need to be able – to trust you every time there's a punt we don't want to have to hold our breath and pray that you don't screw it up i think you bugged the uh, register up at cafe dumont man because i'm going four for five as well four out of five beignets i want the full regular order and then i'm taking a little bit of my wife's too because she wasn't as hungry as me or maybe she wasn't i just snuck it oh well what you gonna do about it all right uh lutz great performance consistent reliable hit a long of 47 uh, same with Morstead, six punts, 41.8 yards for average. 51 was as long, but I'm with you. Deontay Harris makes me nervous. 
for whatever reason, he, he, I don't know if he never catches it cleanly or it's just kind of the placebo effect in my mind that I see him and, and maybe he does, but in my mind, there's a little bit of a juggle. There's a little bit of a bounce. Um, he, he's exciting. He is exciting. Fumble or awesome return. One of the two, not a whole lot in between. But like you said, even when he makes it, makes a couple guys miss, kind of re- reminded me of Reggie Bush a little bit, north and south, north and south. Uh, in college, you may be able to get the edge. In the pros, it ain't going to happen. So just make your decision, make your one cut, go upfield. But four for five beignets for the special teams. All right. So what are we, are we moving on to the who dat and that who? We are absolutely moving on to the who dat player of the game and the dat's who player of the game. James, who is your who dat player of the game? Again, just to remind you, the who dat is really the negative player of the game. And that is, who is that? Like, who, who, I don't even recognize that guy. Um, I got to go with Bridgewater. Like, who, who was that? That, that was not very good. I think we uh, hit on it from just about every angle possible. Um, so that's my who dat of the game. Not a bad choice, James. Not a bad choice. My who dat player of the game. Never even showed up in the stat line. My hoot-at player of the game is the Saints' third receiver. Lil' Jordan Humphrey, Austin Carr, Traquan Smith, anybody, anybody. Listen, we've got a vacancy, people. Reception leaders for today's game, Michael Thomas, that's your number one wide receiver. Jared Cook, that's your number one tight end. Ted Ginn, that's your number two wide receiver. Latavius Murray, that's your number two running back. Alvin Kamara, that's your number one running back. Josh Hill, that's your number two tight end. Where is the third receiver for the Saints? And I don't even know. Who dat? His name is Des Bryant. Sign him. Let's go. What are we waiting for? All right. To flip to flip the script a little bit, my dat's who player of the game, Mr. Cameron Jordan. Look, in his ninth year, uh, we're, we're starting to get a little um, – and look, I, I'm going to raise my hand right now. I'll be the first one to admit I'm taking him for granted. I really am. I'm taking him for granted, but he has been such an important piece for us. Those kind of picks are never sexy, you know, especially offensive lineman picks. But even even D lineman picks, unless you got a lot of, of noise coming out of college, um, maybe a Jadavian Clowney, something like that. But uh, you know, Cam successful in college, but nothing nothing crazy. So when you pick him up, it's not that exciting skill player that you can really watch, uh, you know, and kind of get excited of. But I'm going to tell you now, I get excited watching Cam Jordan play. I get excited watching him get through one-on-ones easy. I love seeing him fight through double teams and opening up a spot for somebody else on that line. I thought he had an incredible game today. Just consistent pressure. The motor never stopped. And that's what you want from one of your defensive leaders on the team. Absolutely. And he should have had a a strip fumble. Or not should have, but he tried. You could tell when he got that one sack. He really wanted to go after the ball. And Minshew did a good job of holding it. My Datu play of the game, finally, granted that the numbers won't just shock you, but Jared Cook came up and threw in the clutch, you know, using that big frame of his like we talked about, big third down plays. Uh, Hopefully they can start getting a rhythm and some chemistry uh, and really make him that extra weapon we were hoping we were getting when when we signed him uh, in the offseason. So that's my Datu player of the game. Nice, nice announcer voice. All right, before we move on to the preview of Chicago, if you are just joining this broadcast, we have a treat for you, and that is 
the Tom Ace Game Recap. Here it is. The New Orleans Saints made the trip out to TIAA Bankfield in Jacksonville, hoping to extend their stay atop the NFC South. With the help of the reliable legs of Will Lutz and Thomas Morissette, along with another stellar defensive performance, Teddy Bridgewater was able to get just enough with a four-yard touchdown pass to Jared Cook to bring the Saints to 5-1, looking ahead to the tough matchup in Chicago next week. James? Nice. Tom Ace. Excellent, excellent, excellent. And if you don't know who Tom Ace is, shame on you. Go look it up because... It is one of the best characters ever created in the history of comedy. All right, moving on, as Belichick would say, to Chicago. Uh, we all know what a setting. Soldier Field, Troy and I will be there. Um, it's going to be an exciting environment. That defense is for real. Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks. Yes, that former Saint, Akeem Hicks, wreak havoc. So it's going to be interesting to see the cat and mouse game and how we – deploy our coverages or our protections, uh, whether we slide extra people, do some chips or whatever, that's going to be tough. Uh, on the offensive side, they don't really scare me a whole lot, but they have some weapons. Allen Robinson, Tariq Cohen, David Montgomery, uh, the rookie running back. Trubisky has, has been kind of hot and cold, and they do have a, a pretty good weapon in the tight end, Trey Burton. So uh, what I didn't realize is we've won the last four contests against the Bears, so we've sort of owned them here recently. Um, exciting game coming up and I'm excited to go and it's going to be interesting from our vantage point way up in the nosebleeds. Uh, I think uh, we might even be in the top row of the entire stadium. Yeah. For whatever reason, the Globe Rose Saints show does not get the type of respect that we thought we uh, have earned in the Chicago press, the Chicago news. So we did not get any kind of preferential treatment, uh, but nonetheless, we will deliver to all 41 of our fans uh, we will deliver the best, the best show we can, we can, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the best show that we can from the Windy City, baby. Now, one thing, they're coming off the bye, James, so they got pretty much two weeks to prepare for us. There's still a little bit of, uh, a little bit of doubt on if Trubisky is going to be back in time for that game. So, you know, for us, Dennis Allen, his staff, you almost have to, to kind of train for uh, two different quarterbacks there, two different systems. And I'll say that Tariq Cohen is probably the X factor for me because that kind of player, running back, receiver, smaller, quick, agile, you know, that that can give defense fits uh, if they open him up in, in a lot of space on that field. Yep, that's their version of Kamara. Uh, I don't think he's as good, but he, he, he can play. Um, and that other quarterback you're – Speaking of, is the South Lake Carroll product himself, Chase Daniel, the ex-Saint, who had plenty of uh, handshakes and claps and all his uh, different things he would do with Breeze after Breeze had a, a big play. Um, so he knows us well. We know him well. Um, so we'll see who they come out with. But uh, you made a good point of coming off the bye. They're going to be uh, extra ready for us, have some extra film, extra rest. Uh, so we are, we're at a little bit of a disadvantage there. But it would be great to get, get out with a victory. Absolutely. And I haven't looked at the, the weather this far out. Certainly in Chicago, that can be a huge factor. Uh, you know, obviously Teddy wears gloves, so that may help a little bit. But whether it's wind, whether it's rain, whether it's a combination of both, it's going to be an electric atmosphere. Both teams are expecting to win. Both teams are expecting to compete in the playoffs and in the postseason. So it's going to be an exciting matchup at 335 in the afternoon in Soldier Field. Uh, in the Windy City of Chicago. So we are greatly looking forward to that. 
Uh, listen, as always, please get on our Facebook page uh, and, and comment on what you liked on the show. Uh, let us know what your Beignet Awards would be for the offense, defense, and special teams. We definitely welcome that, uh, and, and we'd love for you to be a part of our show in that manner as we hope to expand and in include you guys a little bit more even in the broadcast of the actual podcast. So looking forward to it. Saints are 5-1. and one. We're atop the NFC South with Carolina right on our heels. As Jimmy mentioned earlier, Breeze possibly coming back sooner rather than later. You got four straight divisional games after the bye. Uh, it's put up or shut up, and, and we've been doing a great job so far, so let's continue that. Great week of practice here moving forward, and let's show up in the Windy City, Houdats. I want the whole Houdat Nation to show up in Chicago and root them on and take this victory back home. Absolutely, and, and I don't know about the wind and or rain, but the temperatures are not very frightening. It looks like when I checked yesterday, the highs were in the 60s, lows in the 50s. So, hey, that's perfect football weather, fall weather. Let's go. Let's go up there. Let's get a victory. Come on back. Get back to home and take on the Cardinals after that. Amen, brother. Amen. Listen up, guys. Until next week. Low bros. Ow.